to Immortal Sounds. Uh, today we're here with Grace Nicholl from Women Seriously. Hi. <laughs> uh, and also with my partner in crime, James. Mars, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Amelia. Phillips. <laughs> uh, so Grace is the founder of the performance platform Women, Women, Women Seriously. Um, Grace, you're going to recognise this spiel because it's basically lifted from your bio on your website. <laughs> Uh, Grace is a choreographer and activist. Her work has been shown at the place, is it Centre 17? Or yeah. E17. The Yard, uh, Hackney Showroom and the BNA. And uh, her work has toured both nationally and internationally, winning a Stockholm Fringe Festival, no, a Stockholm Fr- Fringe Award in 2015. Uh, and that's not even including her particip- participatory work. She's also currently an associate artist at Dance Research Studio a member of Chisholm Hill Dance Space and has just completed an MA in Contemporary Dance. So, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Quite an impressive bio. <clears throat> that's my full life bio. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all you've ever done. First of all, um, how did you actually get into dance? So I danced from a really young age, three maybe. I used to do ballet. And then um, when I was in school, I joined, like, they do, like, national youth dance companies. So I joined the National Youth Dance Company in Worcestershire. Um, And I, yeah, and then that got me into contemporary dance and, like, less sort of, I guess, um, traditional forms of dancing. So, yeah, all my life. And you are a Midlands... Uh, alumni, yeah. same as James and I. West Mid's best kids. <laughs> what made you choose contemporary dance, having been classically trained in different forms of dance? Well, I mean, I only did ballet from quite, like, a little bit when I was younger. Um, contemporary dance is freer and you have more um, creative freedom, I guess, in what you're doing. And I, I kind of even when I was younger, I was, I always, I didn't really want to perform. I always thought I would make work. So I was just, I guess it, it just came from that really. I don't think it was so much a choice. It just sort of happened. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in the Midlands in what part exactly? Yeah. I was born in, um, oh God, Shropshire. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I was I I grew up when I was like really young in um a town like a literally the middle of nowhere just outside of Ludlow, um, which is in Shropshire. And then I moved to Bewdley, which is quite close to Birmingham, um, right by West Midland Safari Park. <laughs> um and uh, like pretty much all of my teenage years I was there. And then I moved to Worcester, Hereford, and then to London, and then I went away for uni, and then came back to London. Mm. So, could you hear the so animals when you from where you were? <laughs> it wasn't that close, no. but I did work there for a bit when I was really like when I was a teenager with my little job, and it was horrible. What yeah, were you doing? Um, I was doing like you know. Uh, they have the uh, have you you've been yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know they have the like rides and stuff yeah I was doing like 
the the little games that you can play and also um selling balloons and those doing those temporary tattoos with like the spray can like the spray ones where yeah. you have a thing and I was so bad at the temporary tattoos and this little girl came up to me and asked me for a back tattoo like at the bottom of her back <laughs> and I did it and it was Slag tag, yeah <laughs> and a camp stamp <laughs> and it was just like it was so bad and her mum like complained about it and I was just like why have you let your child do that in the first place <laughs> So your yeah. parents were quite liberal. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty liberal. They're um, when I was young, so they they're in a band. They're still in a band. They um play like Irish Kaylee music, and what's um, the name of the band? It's called Between the Acts, which is a Virginia Woolf right quote. Mm. Um and they're yeah they're in a band and they um. They play weddings in this band, but my dad is also still in and was in before different loads of different like rock bands as well, like throughout my childhood. And in our first house, um, it was in the middle of nowhere, and basically there was like three a row of three houses. We lived in one of them, and our neighbour had a field, and they so they put on. They used to have their own kind of, it was kind of like a festival but they didn't sell tickets to it and so my dad would do the band book bands and um they would build like a, they built like a stage and they had um they basically one of the nights the first night everyone like had a massive bonfire and everyone would bring some food and like have this huge marquee and just like put the food out and everyone would like eat and then the second night there'd be like bands and then a disco <laughs> and we would all camp that's how you got into music yeah and that's how i got into like music yeah. i think shropshire's and west midlands is pretty good for folk yeah because like, yeah. it's the huge folk is, festival yeah. this I mean, weekend these and... weren't yeah. this wasn't really folk music it was more just like rock rock bands that my dad knew okay and they'd give basically they just like give out because you couldn't really photo you couldn't really photocopy things in the same way then so they would just like give out um, tickets that were on red paper so that you couldn't photocopy it and um, <coughs> just give like stacks to people and then they would just give it to other people and stuff but it ended up just getting so big and they had how we, how big is that like. like I, I have hundreds, no idea hundreds yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. and we had the police <laughs> come um, and I can't remember there's like a story about um, I think it was the like chief of the police station or something basically they came and they said oh you can't do like this is too loud kind of thing and my dad was like oh sorry like turn it down but do you want to come in and he came and then we had like a helicopter come over and then more police turn up and they were like oh we're gonna get the chief of police or whatever it's called i don't know that's an american constable thing. yeah yeah that's and word, they were like <laughs> he's here <laughs> he's um, playing bass that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, mate. so what can you remember from growing up in terms of sound like what's from your younger years what what kind of sounds were present oh yeah so i guess like there's a lot of like really natural sounds um and obviously my parents music um 
which you know when they would play they'd obviously they had three children and also three of us under the age of five at one point so they would have to take us with them basically most of the time so my mum had this um you know those scarves where you like have your baby like tied on to you and so she'd just like play with us on on her and then if we got too tired she was playing what um, so she plays the congas wow. and like um, <laughs> and you're in <laughs> different different like drums and stuff in the van. So um, yeah, she's got like loads of different drums, um, and she yeah. So she was like playing, and then if we got too tired, she would just put us in the guitar cases to sleep behind the behind the speaker. But we slept through it. I don't know. Do you um do you play music yourself? Um, I used to. I mean, I used to play violin. Um, and guitar and I started learning uh, to play an auto harp mm. but um, I haven't for a good few years I could pro- I think I can still read music so music was a big part of your background yeah, yeah. I would say so and I guess like uh, when I'm if I'm making work that has music in which is pretty much a lot of the time it's very important to the work that I make so um, I do like a lot of collaborating with um, this guy called Wilf Petherbridge and he does, um, he is an insane multi-instrumentalist, <coughs> like he can play everything really, really well. Um, so annoying. Yeah. He's the, he's the, was playing the one at the place? Yeah. 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 He, oh yeah, you saw him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. I uh, vouch for him definitely yeah he's he's he was really talented yeah. does he play live at your events yeah not always but um the piece of work that i'm actually working on this week um is he's he plays uh for it and we've because we lived together at uni and so we've been working together like on and off since then i guess that might lead us on to the first sound which yeah. we heard a bit of prior to starting to record, um, which was a CD of your, your parents' music. Yeah. The one that I want you to hear is called None 250 to Vigo, and it's by Angus Grant. So I was living in Bewdley. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it was a, I mean, it's an odd time for everyone. No? True, very true. <laughs> um, what, time. what sort of um, crowd and like things were you doing um, at the time? So I was, I was dancing. So when I was a teenager, I was in the um, Worcestershire County Youth. Uh, com- dance company sounds very cool yeah <laughs> it was super cool <laughs> um, and I was 
yeah, and that's where I met um, one of my teachers, her name was Rachel Alexander, and she led the company, but she also taught me at sixth form. Um, she was really, I, th I think, like, looking back, I can see how sort of pivotal she was in my kind of um, politics, I guess. Yeah. Because she was so... Um, she was really strong and she had like very definite um, morals, I guess. And she was very feminist and she, um, she was like vegan before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> she would like come in wearing like sandals made out of tires and stuff. And all the dance girls would be like, yeah. Was, was, she, was she like an older woman or was she no she's she she quite young yeah, yeah I, I i mean i have no idea how old she is but i reckon she must have been it probably in her 30s then. yeah um but yeah she was very cool and um i remember one time she uh told off one of the because you know there's, there's like there's like the dance people who end up doing the commercial stuff and then there's like the dance people that end up doing the weird stuff. Yeah. Um, so you're one of the weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Real freaks. Freaks. Um, but yeah, uh, she, I remember this one time, one of the dance girls um, brought in uh, some popcorn chicken or something. And she ha had, she literally just like spoke to her about it for like 10 minutes about how bad it was. She was like, why are you eating that? What, in front of everyone? Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, God. I love that. Do you reckon she, she changed the girl's yeah. mind? Or? No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Slapped it out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I love that. I mean, yeah. the, uh, she was someone that could, the, this dance girl was someone that could definitely take it, like, mm. so it's fine. Yeah. I feel but, like all dancers could probably, I feel like dance, you have to have a thick skin. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of stuff you don't get. Like, yeah. you just have to be like, you just have to keep, keep trying. It's kind of like the people who can stay in it the longest become the successful yeah. people. More of an endurance. Thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just, uh, the thing that I do is I just like, if I have to apply for something, I'll, I'll literally just apply for it and, and just try and forget that I've done it. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like, okay, apply. I won't look at one, we'll find out. I'll just apply for it. When you go everything. for auditions, do you have to... Are you in the room with other people auditioning at the time or are they usually on a single, like, individual basis? Um, the way that... So, I don't really audition because I, I'm i not a performer. So, I, oh, yeah. um, so, a lot of the stuff that I do is written applications. But the kind of traditional audition um, setting is, is normally that you would go in and there'd be, like, a, probably a very big group of people because... Um, there aren't loads of jobs mm -hmm. and um, you'd like have numbers or they'd have a photo of you next to you with your name and you just do stuff and usually it's super brutal they'll just really? cut people they'll be like cutting points throughout the day and they'll just call numbers god and then you yeah, have to brutal. so yeah. as, a, as a teenager that's quite yeah, I mean, because that's how... So a lot of the schools are changing now, so a lot of the, like, conservatoires and stuff, which are, like, the, like, the solely dance institutions 
are changing now but when I auditioned for them that's how it was yeah yeah and that's so the same bad. across the board from the more classical types of dance to yeah I mean the classical stuff is probably harsher to be honest um but yeah are they very um is weight a big thing in contemporary um, dance I don't think it is now but it definitely definitely used to be yeah yeah um but it was kind of like um I think contemporary dance is different because like the body type for a contemporary dancer is different to like a ballet dancer so if you're a contemporary dancer like the traditional body type would be like short like like more stocky for women um whereas like ballet it's like also short but very very slim yeah um but it it just depends it depends on what there's just so many different um kind of fields of contemporary dance that it's hard to say yeah i mean not in the fields that i work in it doesn't matter which is good yeah (laughs) yeah i wanted to ask us if um if it's changed or if you're aware of it changing the way that young people are able to access dance yeah as in you were able to um begin doing ballet at three and yeah and you had a supportive teachers and access yeah. to that sort of thing is that still is it better or it's worse so or is it much better now yeah so i think when you're younger you when we were younger you could only really do ballet in sort of smaller towns and stuff like you could only really do ballet um but now there's just loads of stuff like there's some amazing classes for like babies and stuff which is just like creative baby class and you just they just run around and like (coughs) play with stuff essentially (laughs) which is really nice and yeah I think it's it's got a lot more um accessible I would say the only thing that I don't really like is that they've they've they do boys only classes um and I kind of see it from a certain perspective of the thing of like oh boys don't dance uh or they don't like it or they think it's like for girls or whatever um but it is actually really problematic for maybe boys who are not fully comfortable with that kind of like masculine um, yeah, and it kind of further divides anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And also, it's it's the way that the classes are taught. Um, you know that the girls are meant to be like reserved and like doing shapes and just like perfect little mm. uh, dancers, and then the boys are like taught to be like powerful and like yeah. run about but there's some actually really bad practices still to do with that in like um university institutions like uh Rombert school um which is kind of like on the edge of contemporary it's kind it is contemporary but it's more like ballet really um they have they call their classes men's ballet and ladies ballet no way. Ladies ballet. At one of the top, sort of. Yeah. And they're not... They're, so it's like saying, if you're non-binary, you're basically not welcome in that yeah. school. Yeah. Also, or if the you're word trans. lady is such an unusual and, word. Yeah. It's just got so many connotations of, like, <laughs> being an Austin, Jane Austen type. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, 
vulnerable, naive, sweet female, yeah. which is quite weird. And it's like, why are you, like, what are you teaching differently as well? Yeah. What if, like, yeah. you know, what if these men want to learn point? Yeah. What if the women want to learn how to do those crazy big jumps? Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Presumably this is, yeah, these are the sort of things these... you're, um... These archaic sort of <laughs> yeah. uh, terms and structures that you're sort of battling against. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just crazy because, you know, I have a friend who um, I, I've i worked with a bit. Um, her name's Jackie Lansley. And she's, she was part of um, the X6, which was a dance company in the, I would say, I think late 70s. Um, early 80s as well um, and they were part of this um, group of artists that basically um, uh, squatted in Butler's Wharf so Butler's Wharf used to be like an old tea fa- like old tea factories and stuff and there was a whole group of artists like now it's really expensive in, in London yeah yeah. Um, now it's like super expensive, yeah, like flats. That's the case, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, they squatted there in the seventies, and loads of different types of artists. But the X Six were like the dance people. That's such a strong name, the X Six. Yeah. Cool. I think it was. I think it was the name of the the factory or something like the block yeah. or something. I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, and she, we have like a lot of discussions about these things, and the things that she was saying then are just really similar like the things that they fought against are the same so yeah. the lady you did the thing with it the, the you saw, yeah. yeah so i'm i'm getting all the points today going back to what you were saying about your uh, teacher being such a strong sort of mentor mm. doing something like women seriously which i think has it's really visible and has like such a kind of strong impact on dance culture as i'm sure that there's lots of other things today that are doing similar things but yeah. did you, did, when were you aware of anything when you were younger that was doing something like that you know did you we, did you see anything around that you could take inspiration from and just women or people in general who you felt like they're doing what i want to be doing um when i was younger uh, <laughs> I mean, not really. Not really. But did you know what Relative. you wanted to do then? Or like, <laughs> no. Because that's, that's what I, I mean, there might have been someone, but it might have been like a writer or something. Like, I guess, maybe or. Yeah, I mean. But I mean, as, as you know, teenagers now maybe see a bit more yeah. of what's out there and, you know, you were doing dance. So you, you're obviously growing up in time without the internet yeah and not well i don't know maybe the internet. <laughs> i was bringing everyone to my age <laughs> yeah. um but maybe not as much kind of exposure but yeah. but <clears throat> but um yes yeah, so you weren't really aware of anything out there that was doing something that you found quite groundbreaking or inspiring no i mean like i was inspired by things but not in this and and i think that i i can't help be by i can't help but be influenced by the experiences that I've had and the people that I've been, I've met and things like that. But I don't think in terms of dance, there was really anything that I, that I could say was kind of 
I felt like it was being pushed and maybe that's because I um yeah it wasn't until I was you know at uni and that I was exposed to more different stuff I think before that it was very um because it depends on when companies tour right so like if you can't if you can't act if you can't like go to London and see shows um you're gonna just see the shows that come to your city or small yeah. city or town or whatever and they're always gonna be like the bigger companies which have like the money to do that and therefore they're probably gonna be firstly male choreographers and secondly um not as not as pushing the boundaries because these bigger companies have to kind of hit a quota almost so it's like they just churn out they just do next commission yeah. after next commission same kind of thing but just yeah. like and there's no real i i don't feel like there's it's not really art it's more entertainment i guess yeah, yeah and those are the things that are given backing by the powers that be being yeah. in like theaters or whatever to you know, eventually sell tickets and stuff to, to these, like, um... To yeah, the plebs. To, <laughs> to go to us <laughs> yeah. in the West Midlands. But that's what they think, though, right? They yeah, think yeah. that... And that's why these shows get programmed. It's, like, it's a patronising thing. 100%, yeah. It's, like, you... Yeah, you're not... You're not going to be able to deal with this. So watch that person kick their leg really high. There you go, you'll like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Beaudley was pretty good, though, music-wise, because, um... Well... Robert Plant like lived really close and like there was a whole group of like he was always just playing guitar in the window <laughs> yeah there was just like so many aging hippies that would just like yeah. hang out and like um do like jams and like jam parties and like wow. there was this pub that um because that was a p when I was like uh probably about 16 I was in a band <laughs> With some of the with some women. Um, what were you playing? A guitar, and it was called Vault of Eagles. Sick. <laughs> and cool. um, yeah, I think I've heard you actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You rock. There's a lot of that kind of like those kind of like rocky, older rocky guys in the Midlands, aren't there? Yeah. That do that do do like they're really into their music. Did your parents probably give you quite a good in into culture that was really interesting? <laughs> Yeah, well, we weren't allowed fads, so, like, we didn't have a TV for a long time, and we weren't allowed any fads. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no pogs, no yo-yos. Yeah, nothing. Like, my mum got us yo-yos for Christmas one time, but it was, like, five years after it was cool. So, so how, how, do you, like, how do you define a, a fad when you're in the fad? What if it's just the new thing? What if it was, like... Philosophy of fads. Um, I think you know. Yeah, like, I guess you know. When you're at school, everyone's got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we weren't allowed any fads. No, no TV. That sounds quite a good one, in a way. Yeah. I mean, Mum was just crazy. She would, um, she would just do projects with us. Like, one time she built us a puppet theatre, and it was, like, a bit of what, like... It feels like it was like massive, but <laughs> I was really young. So we could, it was big enough for us as children to have our hands in the like whole bit and then it'd be like above us. Yeah. And it was like a bit of wood that was like curved like that. 
and then two doors so it like stood up on its own like next to us and she painted it green and then we all painted um jungle animals all over it wow is it i don't know i think (laughs) they got rid of it wow and what you were saying before about um male choreographers i read in an interview that you pointed out the discrepancies between male and female choreographers yeah i think i said that wrong um (laughs) male and female choreographers um so you said it sadler's wells of 17 associates there are only five females yeah is that right yeah i'm not sure if they've changed that now but it i think that they haven't so (laughs) what sort of effect does that have on the dance um so obviously like if you're getting a perspective that is from I think that it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because if you're getting a perspective that is just like from one gender, um, that is ruling out a whole other bunch of people's experiences. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that that's really damaging. Um, I also think that it it all feeds into the I guess the narrative around devaluing women's work in any context um so it makes things less interesting and it's also um it it's also damaging yeah it's also damaging in a in a wider way because if you tell one person's or one type of person's story um which is generally like white men yeah um then you're that that is damaging culturally because you're only listening to a certain perspective and for the people the children or the young people growing up in beauty that only get access to it every now and then via yeah. the local theater then that's all they see as well so exactly yeah, it just kind of creates the feedback loop or whatever exactly um the second sound it's another one from my childhood that's is that okay yeah. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll allow it this time. Um, so the second sound is, I thought, would be quite a fun one. Um, and it's kind of, I chose it because it reminds me of my little brother. Um, and it's basically the sound from the game Nanosaur. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, and Explain. it's like, um, it's basically this computer game that's like a dinosaur. You're a dinosaur and you have a jetpack, and you have to go around shooting other dinosaurs and stealing their eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh-huh. sounds on it, they're so 90s, and they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, there's music in the background, but there's also, like, there's a sound of when you're jumping that's, like, boing, boing. <laughs> there's, like, <laughs> there's, like, um, there's, like, a weird, like, high-pitched, whistly kind of noise that is, like, when you're in this when you're in this force field yeah. and you're not no one can get you and it's like it's just the sounds are great and it reminds me of my brother what's the what console was it on, was it on? um it was just on a it was a computer game yeah so yeah yeah those sounds are pretty um they can be pretty amazing i actually listened to another podcast that's about one that's about sound that's called oh, maybe some of all parts i think it might be that it's like an australian one and it was talking about... Don't promote the competitors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, about those... Um, they're like video game raves where people kind of circuit bend old Game Boys and make tunes out of them. But some of those sounds, those early ones are really, really, yeah, 
really sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet, and it's just it is it's real nostalgia, isn't it? Because you're you, like we were saying about like some kind of background noise, and it just takes you back. There, yeah. that kind of music is a like, kind of like yeah, you'll hear it and you'll be in that moment. <laughs> relationship with with wolf the guy who's doing yeah. doing most a lot of the music that uh the like distance between your mindsets is is narrowing yeah yeah and also and i think that's know, really it's but it's really um apparent watching oh, it oh good yeah i mean also someone said to me oh um i was watching wolf in in that bit um of the of your piece and i was like and they were like is that bad and i was like i put him in the middle yeah, of the space he's, he's quite he's quite uh yeah <laughs> that is choreographed like, yeah. like i know is... he would have been backstage but there's just no room yeah <laughs> there's just no space for him to be in the corner yeah yeah i mean yeah it's super important to me because i think if you have someone on stage this is what i don't get like when people just have their musicians if they have if you have live music that's another performer right mm. and wilf is is an amazing performer yeah. um and it's part of it you can't just pretend they're not there um so yeah it's it's part it's part of the choreography to me and you know like choreography doesn't have to be it's not just movement. Like you can choreograph anything. You can choreograph with objects. Yeah. yeah. Like you can choreograph with, I don't know, like water. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, but my uh, there's someone I used to know who studied fashion and, uh, and I I had no sort of knowledge of fashion or studying of it or as, a, as fashion as an art form, and they had said that the reason they got into it was because it's a, an art form that everyone participates in. Which I would argue, uh, dance or or movement performance arts is one as well because it's the way you carry yourself or the way you walk down the street or yeah. Yeah. for someone like me who doesn't have a great understanding of dance yeah. and that side of things and just um, yeah no no real knowledge and no real sort of basis to 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 apply to when I'm watching things but it is really uh, engaging and. I think that it is because you you understand that you have an understanding of not everyone will be able to have the same amount of knowledge prior to coming to see it. Yeah, yeah. And that making things accessible for all yeah. is quite important. And it, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's... everyone has their own takeaway from yeah. something. Yeah. Like, I think that, for example, you know, someone like Nick Knight, with Show Studio, he sort of choreographs clothing to a certain extent, and a lot of his images or his films. The material is it's highly choreographed. Yeah, which yeah. I suppose maybe you well, I, like every choreographer probably has to consider that, like the, especially in what was the last piece you did at the beginning of the year um, at the VNA? Oh, with the pink yeah. fabric. Yeah. Yeah. How do you? How does that come into what you're doing? Like, do you have to really consider that when you're? Oh yeah. Starting out? Yeah. So if you're using material, you you would work with it the same. So yeah. you you would. 
um, yeah, you work you work with it like another thing within the space. Yeah, another thing to be choreographed, I guess. Yeah, um, and I do like I work with material a lot. Like um, it's super like different materials a lot. Super important to me, and I quite like this um, thing of of um, that that kind of I guess the liveness of material and how you can give it even more of a sense of liveness when it's with a body yeah um and I'm that that's really an integral part of the way that I work with materials and um you will see that if you come on the 31st yeah. <laughs> but I guess a yeah, sense of chaos as well because it's something you can't control yeah. I mean you can control it to an extent but yeah, yeah. Would you but can you really <laughs> control uh, people's other people's you know, like the dancers' yeah. bodies? <laughs> yeah. No, um, you can't either. No. So. Would you ever do something a performance without any performers and just with objects? I have done. I have done. I'm not. Um, not so much uh, in public, but I've done a few tests with just like. Um, placing objects in spaces and things like that um, and I saw this amazing piece when I was because I lived in Berlin for a bit um, after uni and um, there was a piece by this woman called Ava Meyer Keller and it's called Death is Certain and she basically has it's just two tables in a room and on one of the tables there are loads and loads of different household objects and on the other table there's nothing and then she has like a little um, piece of paper with strawberries like all along and she just came in and she said okay I'm gonna do this thing and she just goes over to this list reads the list goes over takes two objects and then just destroys the strawberries one by one and puts them on the other table that sounds and amazing they're just there's some like really quick stuff but there's some just super elaborate <coughs> things like she has this plastic cup and she puts loads of pins into it and then she puts the strawberry in the cup and just shakes it up and then just puts it down and then she like has another one where she has two wires that are plugged in but like open wires and she like puts them into the strawberry and then turns it on and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and like she has this another one where she like makes a boat out of paper and then gets a bucket, fills it full of water, puts the thing, plugs in a hairdryer and just blows it until it capsizes. <laughs> and it's just, um, it, it is probably one of the my favourite things I've ever seen. It, it is brilliant. And she just goes through it like really methodically as well. And obviously that's like choreographed movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds wicked. It's really good. <laughs> Um, one of the things that I really like about what you do is that mix of kind of referencing past artworks or past mm. culture, mm. but bringing a sense of contemporary culture or politics. Not so it has an agenda, but just so it feels really current yeah. and it has sort of something to say, yeah. but it still like refers back to something that's gone before. Um, yeah. Is that an intentional process? Yeah, so a lot of... Well, I don't think that anything is really original. I don't think you can actually ever make something fully original because yeah. you're going to be influenced by everything around you and um, things that you 
see and experience, but um, particularly with the V&A piece, um, well, one of the v the the one um, that was uh, I it's called I only laugh to keep from weeping, which I then developed into a stage piece, which you saw. Um, it was drawing from uh, sort of Baroque imagery and um, ideas of of camp and um, you know how that's changed over time um, and also this thing of um, seeing bodies which like so Valerie and Jose do not have the kinds of bodies that you would necessarily see in these like historic artworks because um, you usually would see like white people or um, you know upper classes and things like that um, and so it's like questioning this thing of like what does it mean to see these particular bodies um, perform this movement which is steeped in tradition and steeped in possibly well definitely racism and things like that yeah so yeah I mean that particular one is like super conscious of of bringing those that imagery into <coughs> into the modern times I guess do, do you feel that you have like does any anger and frustration kind of come into the work or do you feel like a, that's an important part of your work or do you just kind of do you come to it from quite like a an emotional place and then just start from there and see what happens no I think that definitely emotion comes into it um I guess it depends um it I guess it depends it's difficult isn't it because like I think that the good thing about being an independent artist and not having is not having to answer to these uh to these like to these higher powers and stuff so you can kind of make the work that you want to make but it it's not as supported so it makes it very difficult to make the work that you want to make whereas if you are being supported by these institutions and things like that then you have to potentially adhere to certain ways in which they expect you to make your work or what they expect you to make your work about or yeah. not about and that still happens a lot now there's still not the space to yeah i don't know which way round it is really i feel like um i feel like some people get support and then just continue to do the same thing because they know that it got them support in the first place yeah so i don't know whether it's like the like which came first really like, is it the institutions that are imposing these types of work? Yeah. Or is it the people that are being supported, making that are just going to make this type of work anyway? Yeah. And then they're part of that kind of capitalist yeah. machine where they just yeah. want to get the next job. And yeah. Commission after commission. Yeah. Resource after resource. And then yeah. they're just making the same thing over and over again. Uh, so Grace, what's the third sound that you brought with you today? So the third sound is Stravinsky's Rite of Spring.
reason that I chose this is because firstly it's been used in dance loads like there's so many dance pieces that are to this Stravinsky yeah. thing I'm not sure how much I really like it but it's definitely um, a kind of a kind of piece of music of my life um, and the re the kind of the fondness I have for it is um, when I was living in Berlin they had the anniversary of the Rite of Spring I think and so all of these artists made Rite of Rite work basically and um, one the a woman that I was dancing with her husband was a tree surgeon and he chopped up like chopped down and chopped up a, a tree to the right of spring wow and that was cool what in time with it like, yeah wow. like with like with what with in it. the in a like in a, a forest. in a for oh my god that sounds really good yeah i can't hear and it. it's such <laughs> an intense piece of music yeah i can't, I can't is, it on, um, um, is it on a video uh, on, on no, YouTube. I don't think so. This was quite a while ago. Uh, there's a joke about a tree falling in the woods, and if anyone can hear Stravinsky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> work it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds yeah, yeah, which is really cool. So that's why I am fond of this piece of music, even though I don't know if I really like it. But it's but it's one that's like used has always been used in dance. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like there's. I, you couldn't even count how many pieces of dance there are to the rhyme spring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like a, like a an amen break in jungle or something, or like a like a certain drum loop that everyone uses in rap or something. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, you have to, you have to have done that. Is it like a yeah. passage or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're big in the game, you do right of spring. Yeah. <laughs> What was your... Did you do a piece to it? No. No? Okay. Obviously, I'm not big in the game yet. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I had one that... Um, uh, I've written down, Crossing Disciplines, which I guess you do, but um, in that sense of a starting point, do you are you ever commissioned by... Uh, a film director or something but that does that happen much yeah or, or... so actually i don't know if i could talk about it yeah talk about it vaguely or not i don't know if i'm allowed to okay. maybe i am maybe i'm yes <laughs> or maybe yeah i'm just going to okay yes i'm not going to say what it actually is but i can say um yeah so i actually just did a project um for the bbc um which I'm not sure when it's coming out. I think it's in September. Um, and <coughs> it was with a director. It's actually really funny you talk about like the West Mids babes. Um, a guy that I went to college with um, just contacted me out of the blue. I think he'd come to a woman seriously, but he has not seen my work. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm directing this film will you do the movement for it? Um, and yeah, so I I did that and it's coming out, I think in September, it'll be on iPlayer. Oh, wicked. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that, like, I just never thought that West Midlands would become an actual alliance. Yeah. That, you know, you could ever, it has to like, be. cult. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cult. But that, um, Commune. 
that thing that, <laughs> that you'd mentioned earlier about uh, like not doing auditions and sort of you know doing choosing people and working with people based on yeah your chemistry. I guess that 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 director, that person who perhaps hadn't seen your work but knew what you were about, mm. then was able to like oh well, you know whatever it is, she'll be good. Yeah, because well, we're on the same. Well. I did say to him. <laughs> I was like, what the if same. I was shit? I was just like, what if I was shit though? You wouldn't have known. Well, yeah, yeah. You I like he trusted it though. Yeah, no, he trusted he's, the hype. He's amazing. He's um, his name's Dan McKee, and he um, he makes all these really, really crazy films. Um, like he did this film that was basically just flags different flags to music um and they're just like images but it looks like an animation because he's picked flags where like things move oh, and it is great like it denmark you. to england goes it, inverted to something or... yeah it's super nerdy i'll say you're you like trying to you do like it yourself it. in your head sorry you're trying to do it like trying to gain like oh yeah I could, like, I could do that i could do it's that it's like six minutes long it's ridiculous yes yeah. okay. i'll send it to you you'll like it super nerdy yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we um, didn't say anything. <laughs> no, but so, so for that, um, yeah, was that was a different um, approach, or was that, yeah, does that change for you? It was all? so different um, because I there wasn't a concept, um, and like <clears> as I said, there was a concept, but there wasn't like it wasn't like a conceptual idea. Um, so it was just like a very different approach for me because it had to be. I guess it didn't have to be, but it, because of the format of it, it had it. I guess it worked better to be more movement, like pure movement based, which I never do, um, and so that was really quite. I it was quite a challenge, but it was good. I had fun. One of the things I wanted to know was when you're making choreography, when you're choreographing, <laughs> um, how do you? You've obviously got a strong impression on how you want to sort of break down conventions of how people are seen and give different sorts of people and their identities a chance to shine through. Mm. But how do you uh, almost stop the audience coming with their own preconceptions of what that body is and interpreting it as a really conventional thing? Yeah, you can't. (laughs) That's so rubbish though, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. You have to just be like, you have to hope that you've done enough to give them a semblance of what you're trying to say, but you can't. Yeah. But then, you know, when they come back next time, it'll be, they'll have a different, Yeah. they keep coming back and keep seeing more things and hopefully over time. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just that thing of, you know, certain people, men and women coming to see, say, a half-dressed woman yeah. will just always have an impression of that as a sexualized object and yeah oh <laughs> what did you tell me yeah. <laughs> you can't night. it's like any it's like any piece of art though right you have to be okay with once you put it out that's it you give it away yeah and like um you know i might go and see a painting and you might go and see a painting and we might have a different idea. Yeah. And it, it's not necessarily like always that it would be that it's somebody, it's like a it's like a bad thing, like it's somebody who's like seeing a naked body and seeing it as sexualized in a disgusting way. Yeah. Um, 
it could be that it's just that I have a different experience to you so I will read it differently which is what you were saying earlier about it being like you you can't you don't know what people's experience is before they come and watch it and you don't know who's going to come and watch it so you have to I guess you just yeah you have to give it away yeah which is really tough it is actually yeah. tough but yeah this is this, this is the the problem for people doing left any. left field weird yeah. odd things that yeah. uh, like any any piece yeah. of art exactly that's what I mean yeah. like you yeah. you go and I don't know just exactly. just just it's yeah. it's anything that's slightly diverted from the norm which is either I mean such a majority of people will just hear music via Radio 1 and that's yeah. fine but there's that's just that's such a small thing of what's really going on and similarly with like mm. what you think dance is is like what I thought. But also you don't even you don't know if someone's got a foot fetish or a... Exactly and like <laughs> just like the simplest thing of it could be that there's like a really happy song that most people would find happy but you heard it played at a funeral. Yeah. yeah. And so every time you hear that song you feel sad. <laughs> Do you still expose yourself to a lot of new Yeah, artists? and I try and I try and go and see as much stuff as I can as well. Yeah. Um, but that's also difficult because money. Yeah. Yeah, where would you recommend for where it's good to go Going and see, to see new interesting things? New interesting work. Um, I would say Chisholm Dance. They have a lot of um, really interesting programming um it's a beautiful space as well the gallery yeah, as well it's so. really really nice there um yeah chisholm um ugly duck has a lot of good performance not just dance um where else i mean a lot of clubs and places like that do grow in tottenham has a lot of performance that's really great um, my friend Claudia is the artist in residence there, but they have, a lot, and her work is amazing. Um, but they have a lot of um, different performances, like club nights with performances or like clubbing, and then the yard. Yeah. 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 You've you've been doing stuff at the yard for some time. Yeah. It's really good there, isn't it? It's really good there, and like the yard is good in terms of. Um, like what I was saying before about um, like London theatres not necessarily having the provision to do more obscure things but the yard obviously the floor is concrete so you can't necessarily do really dancey dance there but you can do a lot more than if you were like on a dance floor um, you know we've had like fire there we've had like pole dancing <laughs> like yeah, yeah. To, like people spitting toothpaste on the floor like yeah lots of different disgusting. things so. <laughs> disgusting um yeah so yeah the yard is a great a great space for that if you want to see stuff that's a bit more obscure are you still excited by london yeah i am i mean i think that there are things feel like they're moving but they we come across a lot of um I feel like it's so funny because me and actually Claudia, we always say, "Oh, I'm so, I'm so su surprised. I'm so shocked. I can't believe that that happened." And then we're like, "Yes, I can believe that that happened because it's what, all in terms the time. Of other events, like that? just things, just like theatres doing things. Like there was a massive thing. Um, I think it was like at the beginning of the season or last season that the National Theatre programmed." 
um, just all men in this season. No plays written by women, no. I think there was one play written by a woman, but it was like directed and interpreted or something by a man. Oh God. So it's just like, yeah, yeah no female voices. And yeah, there's just, it's, it's, it's difficult because you're fighting a, um, a really ingrained thing. Do you want to do the quick fire? Yeah. <clears throat> we're going to try a quick fire thing. Um, we're going to try it out. So I'm going to give two options and then <laughs> you're going to give two options. Yes. Yes. Do you want to go quick first? Quick fire round. Let's go. You're going Actually, first. Actually, I've got five because I had one at the end. No, so. I need to. Okay. No, but <clears throat> so right, I can end it. I need to end it. Okay. No. You can end it. All right. But my, my memory is the last question. It doesn't have a multiple choice. Okay, let's go. Okay, so this is the quick fire round. We're going to ask Grace some super fast questions. Uh, James, when are you ready? Door slam or glass smash? Glass smash. Silence or noise? Silence. Toast popping or kettle boiling? Toast popping. Guitar or congas? Congas. Um, burp or fart? Burp. Rave or northern soul? Rave. A can, a can opening or a bottle popping? Bottle popping. What's your favourite note? E minor. Sing it. <laughs> That's a chord anyway, so... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apology accepted. <laughs> uh, and my last one is a rubber shoe squeaking on a floor or seats in the stand going up. In the, like, in the... Like, that's the shit. <laughs> so, so, basically... What? That's karma for being mean to me about yeah. chords. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know... James, you shouldn't have to explain a quick-fire question. <laughs> but I was just... I thought that was a really good sound as the one that's, like, a squeaking on a... On, like, a hall floor. I feel floor. like I can't be objective now because you've just told me what the good sound was. Yeah. Yeah. I so, won. as the last part of our podcast, we always do a... Hold on, have I missed... Loads it's of, like always. We always, <laughs> every single time. Uh, you have to say so it you know two times. <laughs> uh, we have done our. What's your favorite? What's your worst sound? What sound can't you, can you not handle hearing? Um, like, I don't know. Oh. I would say a burp. <laughs> you just well, yeah. when you just said you chose that over a fart there. I know, but I don't like either. But a burp does make me feel a bit sick. I was just I was just confused by the fast. <laughs> yes, fast I don't know if uh, quickfire is gonna. Well, maybe we. Need I like to... quickfire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is about a, well, I guess we're gonna get a bit disgusting. But when you're like hungover and you do a really good burp, you feel you feel I feel a lot better afterwards. Sometimes. Yeah, but would you want to hear somebody else's? It's true. Yeah. No, it's so gross. Yeah. Anything well, there's no arguments like there. The um, I don't like the sound of the word moist. That's a classic. Yeah. Almost too classic. That's yeah. predictable. But that is that because of the word has connotations of the sort of like the not just the, the sound of the word, yeah. but the like the you know, like the squelchy sound. like moss yeah. or something or like I don't know. Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So> Please continue. <laughs> Elaborate. I think so. I'm trying to think what sound I don't like. I guess like any kind of like alarm. Yeah. Mm. What's your favourite sound? What springs to mind or something that you'd love to hear? Waves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, 
they're all it's hard to think on the spot of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was actually i listened to what alarm i listened to a podcast that was talking about sound um as so, so basically like hospitals have so many alarms going off all the time that you get a like you get um desensitized desensitized to it so you might hear or like if you're a nurse or um something you might hear an alarm but not really know that it's meant to be like a really it's a really important thing that you're hearing yeah um and so what they did in one hospital was having all the alarms that are kind of monitoring things but when it's okay they're all in they're all in tune with each other so it kind of plays this um, melodic to some extent um rhythm when it's beeping your heart or your like i don't know brain energy or something and then when it goes wrong, it goes discordant, and it's a bit weird. <laughs> wow, so maybe alarms in that sense mean. would be a bit. If they were, if they were melodious, you might. I feel like if it just said something like, "This is an emergency, get out of the building," or yeah. just a different type of alarm, like different yeah. sound. Yeah. I think we said as well. Like the, like the one of the most annoying things about sound is just when it's too loud, <laughs> and yeah. like alarms in like car alarms, and it's just they're way too loud. They're way yeah. too loud. When it's loud. And when it depends on what you're trying to do as well, like because like if you go to a gig, you want it to be loud. Yeah. So yeah. Want it to be loud. Yeah. But when you're if you if it's an alarm, it's annoying. Yeah. It's context. That's very true. Very it's profound. all about the context. <laughs> wow. It's all about the context. Say Should that. we do our uh, track of the week, month, podcast? Yeah. Yes, I've got one. Have you, Grace? Do you have a track that you'd like to recommend? We didn't. We didn't ask you yeah, to bring one. I don't. I don't think so. It's fine if not. No. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no. I didn't prepare one, but I think I might just use one from that latest white latest white show. Uh, no, I think I will recommend Dolly Parton, "Traveling Man." Um, yeah, because it's just great. Mine was Kamiyo Karachi, who's a Japanese musician, and had an album released on Bison Records, which is the like the Otto one of someone that was Otto's label, and it's brilliant. It's tra- I think it's a track called Instant Dramatic Rain, but the whole album's good. <laughs> Well, Grace, I'd like to say thank you very much for coming on our podcast today. Thanks. You've been an absolute joy (laughs) and very informative. Oh, good. (laughs) And we've loved hearing your sounds. (laughs)